Well, hello there, Kansas City. Stephen St. John here with, yes, another episode of Hot Mike with SSJ. And we've had uh, some nice guests since we returned from our uh, hiatus. Uh, But now we uh, turn to a familiar face. If you think doing 20 hours of radio with him is enough every week, it's apparently not. Because I've asked my co-host on the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Nate Bucati, to no not be my co-host, but to be my guest on this episode of Hot Mike with SSJ. He's a little fidgety and a little itchy and scratchy because he doesn't know uh, what we're going to talk about. And he tried to ask me, what are we going to talk about? And I said, don't fucking worry about it. I'm the one that asks the questions around here. And mm-hmm. uh, and so that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, what do you? What is it? Why do you need to know? But ahead Shit. of time, I just wanted to cuss. Right, I got one out. Go of ahead, the say it. Say something else. Shit, it feels good. <laughs> All right, so I feel good. Look, don't feel. I mean, don't don't be nervous. Even been like, what are you gonna do with Nate? Like, what the fuck's everyone so concerned about this? What do they think? I'm, what do they think I'm gonna do to you? Well, I don't know, but I've 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 kind of wondered for a long time. I was telling Kelly last night when I got the call that uh, you know I, I've I've wondered for a long time. I wonder if Stephen will ever invite me to be a guest no. on his show. And then I said, I wonder how many people he went through last night before he got to me None. as a guest. I just kept forgetting to ask you. Then I got that a little was, nervous. Was, I'm like, this, yeah. what's he going to ask me? This was the plan. Okay, so um, the inside joke with our show is Nate loves soccer. And it's not really a joke because he does. And he wore a T-shirt that said, I love soccer yesterday. And that confirmed it for everyone right. that had any doubt. And so everywhere I go, I get a lot of questions about you uh, and, and all the, uh, games you've been calling, you know, Hey, where, where's, where's, where's Nate at this week? Where, what soccer game is Nate? You know, <laughs> some of the questions are smart ass. Others yeah. are just curious, like, wow, he's doing a lot of games. That's awesome. Or what is it? This is this what he wants to do? Um, is this, uh, what's this leading to? And I, I usually tell people maybe I'm wrong. So this is some of the stuff we're going to talk about. I say his, his goal his goal, goal. his goal. <laughs> I have yeah, to spoon good. feed him these yeah. these jokes. His goal is uh, you'd like to be in consideration to call some World Cup matches, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And yes. this is, I mean, not yes. saying that's your only like. You're not going to be like, oh, if I don't get a World Cup, then fuck you, I'm done. You're <laughs> you'll, but that's what you'd like. Yeah, yeah. I I decided. You know, you set goals all the way through the course of your life, and and this window with the World Cup coming to Kansas City, and and I got to be really involved with the the process of trying to get the bid um, to Kansas City for the World Cup. You paid off several people. Uh, yeah, I was handing out money right. left and right, bag man hands with with important people. Um, but uh, I know that you're in the same boat. A lot of times, all of a sudden, as a guy that just grew up in Kansas City, having a chance to be involved in something that you think is a major moment for your city is exciting. And so I set the goal for myself that I, the way I kind of phrase it in my own mind is, I just want to be as big of a part of the World Cup being in the United States in Kansas City as I possibly can. And, and okay. I'm focusing all my energy on that. Obviously, if I had it my own way, I, I, I would like to be one of the play-by-play announcers on Fox because I get to do games on Fox right now. Fox will have the World Cup in three years. Hey, you don't care um, what country, what just something, I'll anything. I'll take whatever I can get, you baby. You do whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, I just want to be a part of it. Now, if I could call games here in Kansas City, that would just be like the the eb- 
like I guess the the pinnacle of my career right. at this point. Outside of, of course, hosting the show with right, you, every of course. Day. But you'll go. I mean, you anything. You don't yeah, care. You're no, you're you're in on this thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, uh, and so people have asked me about this. So, when did your love of soccer begin? Boy, Be honest. You, you also know that a running joke on our show is that I like to tell long stories, yeah. and I'm afraid. By this, the way, this you know, a really long you have, story. <laughs> it's Friday, and I'd like to fucking go home at some point. The girls <laughs> don't have school today, and so yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's it, there's the, all these little seeds that got planted along the way that that turned into at some point in time, I became this massive soccer fan. I would say when I really hit the switch to like, wow, this is my favorite sport was 2006. Um, I played soccer as a youth. Went Before to the, you started doing the show with me, um, no, or, or, or had you started? Uh, it was, it was. It was, I guess, a little bit before, right? Okay. I'm trying to remember exactly what year we started because I was here for a few years traveling with the Royals. It was after. You remember when the Chiefs backed into yeah. the playoffs? Yeah. yeah, that New Year's Day. That, that's that was a Herm Edwards time. I just I, I can't remember this. So I, I usually say like '07. Yeah, it was, so, it was. So it was, it was like around, a little bit before yeah. then. All right. So the World Cup was in Germany in '06, and I was traveling with the Royals for eight ten at that time, and they were losing a hundred games a year. I was, to be perfectly honest, getting pretty beaten down by the... Why? The, the, As our friend Sung would say, why? <laughs> it was... That job, looking back on it, was really tough because... Um, now, I was young and in my 20s and getting to travel all over the country, and I always wanted to travel. It didn't get too much as a kid, and I was getting to see all these major cities and be a part of a major league team, but they were losing every night, and then our radio station was being very critical of the team all day long because they were losing every night. And then I would go to the clubhouse and get lit up by people in the organization. Who exactly are you (laughs) referencing? Everyone. (laughs) It wasn't just you though. It was everybody. It was like, well, so Petro said this today and you know, like, and it's like, what do you, what do you guys want me to do about this? You know, or or Um, what do you want them to say? Yeah, exactly. Praise you for another hundred loss season. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that effort. Yeah. So it was, that was very tough because I was trying to balance you know, having a relationship with the people I was traveling with every single day with also making the company that was paying me happy right. by getting the information they wanted. You can't serve two masters. And I was just kind of getting, I was just getting really like worn down by the process. And the world cup was going on in, in Germany at that time. And the games were in the morning and the afternoon. And I bought a Poland Jersey cause my, you know, my grandparents being from Poland and I got super into that world cup. I always liked soccer. I would watch a few Wizards games a year, um, you know, and things like that. But I never really got fully immersed in it. And that was about the time that the global games were starting to get televised in the United States. And I just got really hooked on it. And that was when I just realized, man, this is my favorite sport. I like this more than anything else and kind of became obnoxiously soccer fan after that. It's kind of crazy to think that was 17 years ago now. Right, right. And so then when uh, when did you become the voice for sporting? 2015 okay. was the year. And so, so that in that, nine years. So, like, know. then what What did you, when did you decide, like, okay, I'm already a sports talk show host. I've already, uh, you know, done stuff for KU. You were the sideline reporter for KU football. You did play-by-play for KU women's basketball. When did, when did you decide, man, I'd like to call games. I'd like to be a, a play-by-play man for for soccer well it, it was um i was a season ticket holder for sporting for a few years and i think one of the reasons i i liked soccer so much as well was 
I was kind of able to just go be a fan. Right. You know, I didn't have the responsibility. Because you could love it and still not yeah. want to. Like, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Do I kind of really. That's what I thought of it as was like, this is my release from the work stuff that I do. Take my kids to the games, you know, have just be a fan. Um, but the organization came to me and offered me the job going into the 2015 season. And at that time, you know, to be perfectly honest, I had always dreamed of being the announcer for the Kansas Jayhawks. You know, Bob Davis was one of my heroes growing up and my family was all big KU fans and all this stuff. And I had been doing the women's basketball games for 14 years and the sidelines for 11 years. And, um, you know, people in my family were like, Hey, you know, that job, you know, Bob's going to retire someday. Um, don't you think you want to hold on and, and see how that plays out? And uh, I had a lot of conversations with my wife about it. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, and, and Kelly, you know how much I revere her. She, she was a crimson girl at KU. She's a big KU fan too, but she said, that's the job you're supposed to take. And you know it. Um, that's the job that was meant for you. You've always wanted to do play by play for a team in your hometown. And you love that sport. The ownership group loves you. You love them. This, that's the job you were meant to do. And so was it hard though. It was absolutely hard. Very hard. Yeah. That was, the, that was one of the toughest decisions I've ever made in my entire, that's probably the toughest decision I've Didn't ever made you, in my career. I shouldn't, should I hear this? This is a pocket. I'll air your fucking know. dirty laundry. I can promise I you that know. we're going to cut it out if you want. Didn't you kind of have to say no to Bill Self? <laughs> well, no. I mean, I'm a, I mean, kind of, I mean, I mean, uh, no, I, no, not he really. didn't, he didn't court you. Um, we had some conversations, you know, he I didn't know. make it. Yeah. No, the, the, he kind of said, well, he kind of yeah. lead you to believe that. Uh, um, I don't know how much of that stuff. We should oh, wait, no, that's because no. that's, that's, yeah. That, I mean, look, that shows how difficult it is. Yeah. Right? I mean, I know, like, I'll just say it this way. I, I don't think it was ever my job to have or anything like that. I, I think, um, there was some, I had some talks with, with Bill and some other people like, Hey man, this job's going to be coming open. Right. In Are you years. interested yeah, or whatever wouldn't, else? Would you be interested? And, um, I mean, this just isn't, you know, yeah. filling an application out online. You know, the people yeah. let it be known that you were, yeah. you were in, 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 at least in the running. Or yeah. I would in, be in the running under consideration. For sure. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I will say, yeah, I mean, I guess I had, I can say that I, you know, I talked with Bill about it. I'm just, illust I'm trying to illustrate how difficult of a decision it was. Well, and if you, yeah, like in my perspective as a, as a, as a, fourth generation Jayhawk that I, I, you know, my dad took me to my first KU basketball game when I was in diapers. Did, you, you did know? your dad, did your dad weigh in on this? Um, or did you allow him to? I don't remember him specifically weighing in. My aunt Jerry did. What did aunt Jerry she, say? She pulled me aside and she said, you know, you're walking away from a chance to be the, the, uh, a part of. Oh, so she was going the other way. The biggest, she wanted me to, she wanted me to stay at KU. Right. She, she, my, my aunt Jerry lives in Lawrence. She's, a, she's the biggest Jayhawk you've ever met in your life. And she would take me up on campus to the classrooms and to the natural history museum and all that stuff. When I was a kid, she would come to the Bonnie Henriksen show at, at, at Henry T's that I would so, host. But, every so did week. that make an impact on you that aunt Jerry was like, what the fuck? Um, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, yeah, is that, was that like, it all did honestly, like, having like you're driving home, like, well, yeah. shit, aunt Jerry wants me to do this well, now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, it all, it all, um, it all weighed on me for sure. I, I love my Jerry. I love my whole family. I love Kansas. Um, on, and, I mean, the idea that I would have a conversation with the head basketball coach at KU, even about something like that, right. the little kid in me that went to the Roy Williams basketball camp and the, and the Larry Brown basketball camp. That little bastard, huh? <laughs> huh? I never would have thought that the, the head coach at KU basketball would even know my name. 
right. you know, let alone be be talking to me about career stuff. So then how long did you have to think about it before you made your decision? Um, Boy, I don't really remember. I think it was a process that maybe lasted a month or so. Of, That's a long of, fucking of, time to have something. Yeah. Like, were you torn? Would you like... One day I'm gonna do this, and then were you were you changing? Were you flip flopping at all? Or was it always no? I mean, pretty, I, pretty sure you were gonna do sporting. Honest to God, when when Kelly said that to me, that was that was it right there. Because like, and that's why oh, I get that. Like when I'm up in the air about something, yeah, and because I because I am, I will fucking overanalyze something <laughs> for weeks to yeah. the point where everyone will get mad. And it used to be my mom when she would say that. Okay, all right, she thinks this. If Susan gives me a strong Vote of confidence either way, then I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. I, I sometimes I, I need to be fucking told what to do. <laughs> well, you know, I think that one of the things you and I have in common is we have partners that know us, that get us. And I thought that was like one of the things that I was really grateful for in that whole situation was that was like the biggest indicator I've ever had that my wife understands who I am. And she'll be affected by whatever decision you make yeah. because of your travel yeah. and your schedule and everything else. So it's, it, she's part of it. Yeah. And she wasn't saying any of it from like, uh, a selfish standpoint. If she was, she probably would have said, Hey, stick with what you're doing. But she knew what was going to make you happy. She knew it was going to make me happy. And, um, and as soon as she said that, then it was like, gosh, this is really clear. She's like, you don't need to do this for anybody else. This isn't about what your aunt wants you to do or your dad or anybody else. This is about where you belong and where you're happy. And she saw how happy Aunt I Jerry's going to listen to this. This is some bullshit. I right love now. aunt Jerry with all my heart, by the way. She's one of the best. I mean, she's, we best. love you, aunt Jerry. She is, she is the best. Will she yeah. mind the cussing? Probably could. Well, she probably tell me. To, I apologize. She tried to tell me to be a little classier. Blame it on me. <laughs> be classier than Saint John, would you? That's fine. Yeah. And so then you said yes. Yeah. Was so it was, I, was yeah. it a relief? Um, it, it was it was a relief. Um, but it was also exciting. You know, like yeah. hey man, here I go. And the one thing I would say too is that um, look, when I was at Kansas for fourteen years, the university treated me wonderfully. The athletic department treated me great. They always made me feel valued and a part of, you know, like they, they appreciated me being there. The women's basketball staff there could not have been better to me. Was it hard to um, tell them? Yeah, but, you know, it was weird. The, the head coach, Bonnie, was, was leaving at about the same time I was. So the time And we spent right. 11 years together, and Bonnie and I were really, really close. So that kind of made it easier, okay. if, that, if that made any sense, makes well, any does. sense. Um, but um, the, the people at Sporting treated me just so well, you know, so they, they made just, it a no brainer. Oh man. They made you just feel so important. They made me feel like I was, they, they loved me. You know, they, they, they wanted me to be a part of the organization. They felt like what I did was important. And that, that matters a lot to me in terms of job satisfaction. Right. You know. So then how long were you the, the play by play voice or sporting eight years? So eight years and it lived up to all your expectations, right? Oh man. Yeah. Or, or exceeded them. Yeah. It exceeded them. Yeah. Best, best eight year run of, of, uh, working with the team that I've had in, you know, in my career. So then, so then we fast forward to the, the next crossroads in your career as a play by play man. So, so take us through this. Cause, cause now you're, you're, you're national. You've gone global yeah. with MLS, right? Describe exactly. So you're on. Yeah, I guess it technically is global. Yeah, when I do right. the games for Apple, those are on. Those are global. <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking mind. Oh, technically, you're right. Yeah, it's yeah, global. Mr. Worldwide right. over here. <laughs> technically, you've nailed it. And so, but you're you're and you're you call games on what for people so, who don't know? So yeah, I I call games on Apple TV sometimes and on Fox and Fox Sports One at other times. Okay, and I you couldn't say, do both. You couldn't be 
the voice of sporting and do this? No. Um, at first, it was looking like that's what it was going to be. I was going to do sporting games, but then maybe get 10 to 15 games with the network through the course of the year whenever they needed me. But then as it evolved, I got more more opportunities, and there was no way to do both. Okay, so then now here you are. You've just described how you left KU, and you go now to your dream job at sporting, and you're there for eight years. And you just told me how great they were to you and how much you loved it. Yeah. And so then now here you are. It's the next step in the evolution of what you want to be and where you want to go, and that's calling World Cup games and being a – Globally recognized play-by-play man, <laughs> but to do that, you've got to you've got to say goodbye to sporting. Yeah, and so then yeah. now 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 take us to that. Now how how and maybe it wasn't I don't know how agonizing or how difficult was that to be to have to make that it, it it's clear what's best for your career, mm-hmm. but like personally, so how difficult was this? That was one of the happiest sad days in my life. Um. It, it all came together very fast. I was in the process of getting ready to sign a contract with sporting to do their games for the next few years. When all of a sudden MLS came back to me and said, Hey, we've got a whole s- schedule of games for you for the year. And with this new Apple deal that MLS has signed, part of the deal is also that every week, each team is responsible for generating some content, you know, like a, a recap from the last game, a preview of the next game, interviews, things like that. And so um, I was talking with my boss at Sporting, Aaron Bournes, who's always treated me wonderfully well. And he was very supportive of me through the whole thing. He was rooting for me to get this, this opportunity. And they had to have an idea that you this was a yeah, possibility, right? They, it was it was and that was there. one of the things I love so much about sporting is they were they were rooting for it. They were pushing for it. They wanted me to they look at it as a feather in their cap if one of their guys becomes one of the network announcers. Kind of like when they develop a player. Yeah. And, right. And he goes on to, to play for a big club in Europe or something. And I love that about the club. They're not trying to hold you back. Right. Um, and so they were, they were all for it. But so I, I remember specifically going to a sporting KC, like uh, it was like a, a organization wide, like meeting, you know, they have like their monthly meetings and it was at the stadium and I was just getting ready to sign this contract. And I, and I met with Aaron and I said to him, um, Hey, I'm, so we started talking about, well, who's going to replace me to do the games here. And it was Allie, who is a person that I kind of brought into the fold. And I, Allie chose Martin ATM, big fan of cash money. Yeah. She, I'm a big fan of Allie, the human being and the broadcaster. And so they were going to bring her in to do the games. And I said, Hey, I'm still, I'd still be very interested in doing all the online content uh, for Apple. If you guys wanted me to. And he said, look, I think that if Allie's going to be the voice of the team, she needs to be the voice of the team. Right. She needs to do that stuff. And I knew that was the right call, but that was when the moment hit me. I'm not the announcer for Sporting Kansas City anymore. How'd that feel? Like, it's official. I cried in the car on the oh, drive home. <laughs> you know me. That does I mean, not surprise yeah, me, but like, it, right did. away, you're like. Fuck. I did. I, I like. Was there any, any at all, like, regret, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I've got this, um, and I'm jumping into an unknown. Complete unknown. You know? I I, I called. Uh, and it's not bad to to at least have some reservations about making a big move like that, well, right? We could use this theme a lot today, depending on how much you want to talk about. But Four hours. But, but getting out of your comfort zone 
is just something you almost never regret. I feel like, at least for me, every time I've gotten out of my comfort zone, it's scary, but then you end up growing because of it. And I was, I remember I called Jake Reed, the, the president of, of Sporting Kansas City, to, to talk to him about, hey, I'm, I'm signing this deal. Appreciate all the, uh, and, but I said, I feel like I'm leaving the most stable situation I've ever had for a team to go into complete unknown. Because you don't know. Because this is a brand new, this, this whole deal with Apple is brand new. MLS is all of a sudden taking all of their broadcasts under one roof. And then how much stability are they offering you or like certainty? One season, you know, and, okay, and, right. and 25 games, you know, it was the, it was the guarantee at the beginning. And um, you're betting on yourself. You're here. betting on yourself and it's going to be highly competitive. And a lot of people want these gigs and they're going to be evaluating you. And on the mean, on the flip side, the team loves me and they, they want to keep me around. And, and, but Jake said to me, he said, I understand how you feel, but we all know this thing's going to work in the long run. It might be sloppy or or messy at the beginning, but it's going to get better and better. Messy, yeah. Oh, oh, I pick I pick all this Man. shit up. So not, and you probably don't have like exact numbers. Just to like, kind of give us maybe an idea. You said a lot of people, are, yeah. you know. Try, so I, like how many how many jobs? Like how many openings were there for play by play? Yeah. Versus like how many people you think were vying for them? Well, I think that full time they ended up going with something like twelve announcers, play by play announcers right. on the English language side. Okay. And they had the Spanish language and side. And then you're as part well. of that. And then I think it got up to fourteen or fifteen. And then they brought in a few guys as like fill ins here and there. So you're like one of fifteen or Yeah, so. I would say one of fifteen is probably a safe way to put it. What would and what do you think? How many I remember uh, the 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 person that's in charge of all the talent, Kristen Lafemina, telling me early on that she she had at least two hundred people oh, she shit. was talking to. Oh, that's you know? a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. I thought you were like 40 or something. Yeah. Now, how many of them, how far did all those 200 people get right. in the process? I don't know. Uh, how seriously were they considered? I don't know. But yeah, it was It was like, oh man. that When she said it like that, you're like, okay, yeah, th those are the odds right now. Okay, so then, so, okay, so you do, when you're doing sporting, uh, so what was what was your travel schedule like? Well, it, it, it evolved over time over those eight years because at the beginning we were traveling to all the away games. And then that started kind of getting pared down. Right. And then when the pandemic hit, we stopped traveling for away games altogether. So we were doing them all from a studio in Liberty. Okay, and so for the games that you had at, that were home games, you had the opportunity mo more times than not to bring your family. Yes, at and almost so you every could, game. And so you could yeah. make it, you know, and, it was, and, and that's something that I do a lot mm -hmm. and I know you do a lot. Uh, and it's almost now where it's a kind of a package deal when I do a remote, but especially when I do uh charity events or events away, I tell them right up front, uh, you know, and, and I, for the most part, really, I don't, I don't take you know money for charity events or, or MC events, but I tell them, Hey, I, I, I want to bring my wife or if I can bring my kids, if it's appropriate for the event and that makes it better. You know, mm -hmm. or if, you know, and that's a great thing about 810. They let me involve my family where if I do an appearance or if I do a remote, I could bring my kids or if someone's available. Uh, and so that was a big deal to you yeah. that even though that, it, you know, you have these these dates at home that you're working, you can make it, you could turn it into a family outing 100%. where you could share that with your family. So that meant a lot to you. Yes. There's, you, there's very was, difficult to yeah. put a price tag on that, right? That was part of the negotiation when I first took the job, when I was considering should I take this opportunity to do soccer? I told them, I said, you know, my, my one reservation is I've been a fan and I've been able to, this has been a family event. We take our kids to all these games and now it's just going to be another Saturday where dad's off at work. And I'm like, no, 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 you're, you're bringing your family to the games. You're going to have dinner with them beforehand. 
And even if it was dinner for 15 minutes, because I got to go back up and get ready, I got to see my family at each game, and it felt like we were together. It creates a family outing. Yeah, and, and not just another Saturday where dad's not home. Right. You know, and Not so, another yeah. Saturday where dad's <laughs> down the basement. Okay, you lost again. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, but, right. But so then, so there's, yeah. there's, my point is, there's a built-in value to that mm-hmm. that that's, more valuable to you than than most. Yeah, you know, I don't like, know. If you're like, yeah. well, I mean, like if you're a single guy, like yeah. that doesn't, you know. Yeah, but yeah, hey, I get my, to, you know. Yeah, some of my the guys that I that do play by play, I text with them a lot about it. And the ones that don't have kids, we compare notes to like what what travel is like, and mm-hmm. and and they're like, man, it seems like it's just a whole different world when you have a family. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And so, you have this, you have this set up. You do this for eight years. Your family's involved. You're not traveling. At this point, now to go into road games, right? Yep. But then with this new opportunity, that changes. You have to travel a lot. Yeah. So then how much of a factor was that? Because not only do you have your uh, your family, you have your work family, you have a sh- – and look, I get it. We're not fucking digging ditches. <laughs> We're not working in the factory. Right. We're not out. We're not. We're not out here hauling ass on I seventy. I don't even know what that means, but it just sounds like something that would be difficult. Uh, I'm but, not working on the farm in Arc right. City like I was right. as, a, as a kid. He's not up in the hayloft yeah. with uh, patches, shades, 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 shades of raccoon, shades of raccoon, and so or patches, whatever that, whoever that is. But we get up fucking early, yeah. And it, and it, I had this conversation with with uh, my son the other day. It wears on you, mm-hmm. and it tears on you, mm-hmm. and sometimes like it. Like nine o'clock at night when I'm doing something fun, I don't want to fucking start looking at my watch. Okay, now I get six hours of sleep. Now I'll get five hours of sleep, and you wake up, and I never get used to it. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to it, but it's 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 demanding to get up and be sharp and and do a show and and try to entertain people. Um, but you, you have that. You have, and so and for again for people that don't know, how old are your kids? So Ben is about to turn fourteen. Ophelia's eleven, and Andy is about to turn four. So you got to, you got. I'm going to miss Andy's birthday this coming week because uh, I'll be out of town. Oh boy. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, but yeah. you got a full family, is my yeah, point. Three kids and your yeah. wife, right? Yep. And so, and she's, and so obviously she has input. And so was she all on board when you presented her with this new opportunity? Yeah, yeah man. Um. Honestly, we this could didn't, be a good opportunity to get some points here if yeah, you really want to. No, she's the best partner I could ever possibly ask for, and I, I mean, it, it sounds corny, and I guess people get you know annoyed listening to you like gush about your wife or whatever. But Ben she, just rolled his eyes. Yeah, for you, she, <laughs> she she never um, she has rooted for me to get to do what I want to do from day one. She was on board. She was one hundred percent on. So board. you didn't have no to question. like okay, you 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 got that none, and so. Yeah. And she's got a career of her own. Right. You know, which which it's put a lot on her. This you got year. a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so then, so you decide, I'm, I'm going to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, like you said, when you when you started, your role kind of expanded, right? From, yeah. You got more games yeah. and more games. So then how many games did you think you were going to do to how many games did you end up doing? Well, yeah, when I signed my first deal, like it was just like this was only like ten days before the season started. Right, I literally was heading off to preseason training camp with Sporting. I remember sending <laughs> you a long text, yeah, consoling you because yeah. we thought you didn't get it, yeah, and trying to build you up and say, yeah. you know what, it just wasn't time. And I, I might have said, fuck these people. So I don't. <laughs> I said some. 
hurtful things towards MLS yeah. that I take back now. No, but, you were very you sent a very nice text. Right, but yeah. but it was because you 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 weren't going to get it. Yeah. Then you were going to get it, and then it was kind of a, this role, and then it blew up. Yeah, it was first. Uh, you're not. Uh, you know, we're looking in other directions. And um, I did, I sent them an email um, saying, hey, I appreciate you getting back to me. Appreciate you considering me for the position. I just want to let you know that uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, I got cut from the basketball team. And by the time I was a senior, I made varsity and was uh, asked to be the team captain by the same coach. When I got to college, my professor told me that I wasn't going to make it in this business because my voice wasn't good enough. First day on campus, but by the time I was, I think a Chad senior, told you that a couple yeah, of weeks ago. Also, a few so times, that was yeah, different. But uh, so this was a long email. You're yeah, basically telling, like, hey, you know. But I, I said, but by the time I was a senior, I got to be sports director by the same professor. So I, I've been told no before, but I'll hang in there and I'll be ready if you guys need anybody as a fill-in. And I didn't think they would really respond, but they sent a really nice response. Said, hey, we're going to try to get you as many games you as know, we can. No burning bridges. You, yeah. you let them know, like, hey, I'm yeah. still interested. Yeah. If you, if you if need, you need me. somebody down okay. the road, I'll be here and I'll be ready. Right. And um. Turned out, they're like, hey, we actually, we need you for a few fill-in games at the beginning of the year. That'd be great if we can use you. So at the beginning, how many games did you think you were going to do? 10 to 15, they said, maybe for the year. And then how many did you end up and doing? And then they signed me to a 25-game minimum, and I, I've i done 44. And now going <laughs> into the playoffs. That's a lot more than 10 or 15. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm, I'm going to end up with 49 or 50 by the end of the year. If somebody would have told you that when, when you've sent off that email telling them about making the high school basketball team beat a shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, by the way, you're going to end up doing 50 games this year. Like, yeah. Yeah. What? The only downside is when I have to come back to you and go, hey, man, I'm going to be out of town again in a right. couple weeks. I do. I dread that every time. Like, I'm super excited because I get games, but I don't want to let you down. I don't want to let the station down. Do you so, dread telling Kelly that? Uh, <laughs> dude, she's like, thank God you're going yeah. to town again. <laughs> she'll, she'll text me. He's gone again. Like, Celebrate. Don't you, don't you have some more games to go call? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to listen to the Border Patrol yeah. now. Yeah. So everything comes at a price. You know right. what I mean? But it's yeah. so, so you got playoff games now coming. Yeah. Up. So how many playoff games do you have? I've got five for sure and possibly six. But no, so, but no sporting. Um, I don't have any sporting games on the schedule as of now. No, okay. For the playoffs. Is that, so, is that good or bad? You know, I can look, I, you can take it either way. So I'll take it on the positive side as I can watch those games without the attachment of having to, you know, be professional and all that stuff. I can just watch them. At, but is that a distracting you know, thought in your head when you call a game and it's sporting or if you're a sporting and you have to tell yourself, okay, don't go over the top for sporting. Don't, do, I mean, you're, is that like in your head thinking? Yeah, that, that actually, yes, uh, 100%. Because now, you know, it, I, I think about Kevin Harlan all the time. Um Weird. <laughs> it's like a Jen like driving around. Yeah, like, just I think about hmm, it. Kevin Harlan. Well, I he was always one my like my biggest hero. As, well, he's as, the best. As, so. Yeah, and I know I'll never be as good as him. But yeah, but that's if there's a guy you want yeah. to try to look up to that in this business. Yeah, that's it. my my dad when this all came up, he called me and said, "You're going to be the Kevin Harlan of soccer in this town." You know, like the way he is for the NFL. And for some reason, he said it with anger in his yeah, voice and yeah, hung up. That son right. of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I gotta go. Click. <laughs> But um, and obviously I understand this difference in scope between what Kevin does and I do. But I think about how he, everybody in town, every Chiefs fan loves Kevin Harlan, right? And he still gives Chiefs fans their big calls and their big moments when he's calling a Chiefs game, like when he did the the dual call. I'm calling both games, right. no, baby. He's, he's the best. But he also, I don't think anybody questions whether or not he's 
he's being objective and, and treating all the teams fairly. Uh, he gives everybody their big call right. now. You know, like if the Broncos score a touchdown against the Chiefs, he's going crazy for the Broncos. And so I, I try to take it to that level. Um, when I did the sporting game this couple weeks ago on decision day, um, I, I gave some pretty over-the-top calls for their goals. Those were huge goals. That was to get them into the postseason. Their right. fans were going crazy. And some people said, oh, see, that's that's yes. Chicago City guy. Oh, kiss-ass Bucati yeah. in the booth. But I, I genuinely mean, like, I would have called the same way for Minnesota had they been the ones scoring. And the biggest time that was put to the test was that first game against St. Louis when that St. Louis ugly. kicked K, K, Sporting KC's butt. Yeah. And I can say ass. On you weren't, like, under your breath, like, motherfucker. It was, um, well, you know, like, I, I would be lying if I didn't say I still have a personal attachment to a lot of the players on yeah, the field and the coaches and the city and all that. But I remember it's because that first goal that, that St. Louis scored was a penalty. So the penalty gets awarded, and your instinct right off the bat is, oh, man, this is a bad break for Sporting Kansas City. But I'm thinking, and then I think in my head, this is most likely going to be the first goal in the history of this rivalry. And for the St. Louis fans, this is a huge moment it's in their history. It's a big deal. It's bigger than They you. deserve a call of me getting just as excited as if Sporting Kansas City, and I got to call it that way. And that was that was the biggest challenge for, for sure. So uh... – Part of this podcast, I like what, what I like to do is when I talk to people that uh, do things that you know most people in everyday life don't get a chance to do. I had to kind of pick their brain about the experience. Okay, so take me through whether it was a sporting or now with, with MLS. You're you're in the broadcast booth. Yeah, there's a sold out crowd. There's a great atmosphere. You know that you're getting ready to be seen and heard by a bunch of people, right? It's different than sports talk, obviously, than doing a show with us because there's a level of comfort there, and we've done it so many times that we can just be ourselves. And so do you – is, is, is there an anxiety involved? Are you nervous? Have you done it so much to where you, you, you don't get that the butterflies in the stomach? What's it like to be on the call of, a, of an important – pick whatever one, an important match where you know everyone's going to be listening – and you know that you better not fuck up <laughs> maybe a big call or something yeah, like that. Which I have done, by the way. But, I mean, is yeah. that what's, – what's that like, the, the experience mentally as you prepare to do that or the moments before a game? You know, um, I've always felt very natural calling play-by-play, -play, but particularly for basketball and, and soccer. And soccer felt very natural to me. And I think maybe it's because basketball always did. And there's a similar sport there. So like, I felt good at it. Like it just felt like, man, I, I, I just felt at home doing it. And honest, this, I think you and I have discussed this before, but the honest to God truth is that was not the, that's not the same with me and talk radio. You're so good at this. Like I, I, oh, bullshit. I feel like I can't, <laughs> I should, I'm not supposed to say that when I'm with you, but, right. um, I I have grown to love talk radio, honestly, because of our show more than because of talk radio itself. Um, I didn't think to myself ever, man, I want to be a talk radio guy when I grew up. And um, I've learned to love it because of our show. And it's so much fun and you're so good at it, but the chemistry and everything. But I've never felt that natural at it. You know, I always felt like, man, I got to get better at this. I got to work at this. You know, I wasn't and, influenced by sports talk. I was influenced by Howard Stern. You know that. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've done yeah. his interviews and just his sense of humor. And you his put me on to his interviews. His interviews but his character best. development yeah. and everything else. That's yeah. what I mean. And I, and there are some, there's some sports talk that I love. I used to love yeah. 
Scott and Sid, those guys like great. that, and, yeah. and, and different shows like that. But I was yeah. my biggest influence is Howard Stern. Yeah, uh, and I do have a like everything could be going fucked up in my life, and it has in the past, mm-hmm. where there could be turmoil the rest of the twenty hours of the day. But for the four hours that I get behind the mic, I I'm at peace and I feel comfortable, and it, it it's. I don't want to say I don't. I mean, I, I, it just comes natural, and I feel yeah. so. I, I imagine that's what you're describing. How you feel when you're calling play by play? That's right. And I've gotten to that point on our show because of the familiarity. You know, like we all know each other so well. We're 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 so relaxed. Sometimes I I worry that I get too relaxed. You know, on our show, when you fall asleep and yeah. we have to wake you up. Yeah, those the types of right. things. Yeah, but um, I will tell you when you when you're saying all that, I remember um, the first time I got to call a game for Fox out in their studio in LA. Um, first of all, just, I got like my pass, I had to pull up to the parking lot and you're such right. a fan of the movies and TV shows and yeah. stuff. I got there. Like I was supposed to get there two hours before the game. I got there four hours before the game. And they said, Hey, if you want to, you can walk around the lot. And you know, it's, it's there in it's like Culver's right next to Beverly Hills I got to stay in the Beverly Hills Marriott and I walk in and I just walked around the lot and on the, you know, the big studios, there's a, a scene from, from Die Hard when Bruce Willis is crawling through the, the, the vents, right. it's painted up on the wall. They got a big scene of this, the lightsaber battle between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader painted on this big wall in the middle of the lot. And they, you're just like, and there's just people working, shooting TV shows and movies there. And it's hitting me like, man, I'm going to work here today. Like That's I have fucking a wild, right? And yeah. I remember I, I went into their gift shop and I bought an original pe- uh, uh, ske- pencil sketch of the Simpsons. Cause it was a Fox property yeah. back in the day. And it was of the Bart star episode where Bart was the quarterback for the this grade school team. And it was like an original one autographed by the, 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 the animator and everything. Matt, Matt Groening. Yeah. And, and, and so I, but I remember then I got up into the booth and I put the headset on and I remember the producer getting on talkback saying, okay, 30 seconds to air. And all of a sudden I looked down and my hands were shaking. And I mean, I was more nervous than I've ever been in my life because they had told me, Hey, like flat out, they're testing out guys for the world cup. You know, the, oh, the, and then the it fucking hits you right there and, you're ready to go. and it hit me. I was like, what is going, I've never been nervous to call a game like this since maybe when I was in college, right. you know? And I just, I literally closed my eyes and I took like three really deep, slow breaths and just reminded myself, you have done this a bunch of times. Just call the game just like you have. But that was the one time, like, I remember being like, I am, my breath was speeding up. I was so nervous. What was know? the, don't get me out, I'm bringing this up. What, what, what was the, the time that, that you fucked up a goal call or something that you were so mad, that you were mad about? Well, when, the, when, when. This Apple deal uh, that Fox or that MLS had been working on for the past three years. Right. So all the broadcasters in MLS knew that, hey, we could be looking for jobs here, you know, because they're going to get lo- rid of the local TV broadcasts and they're watching everybody. And sporting was going to count, baby. Yeah, yeah. So sporting was going to play against LAFC, which is the big, newest, shiniest club in the league. Oh. Will Farrell's one of the owners. Right. Mia Hamm is one of the owners, you know. And uh, they had just signed Gareth Bale, who is one of the biggest names in in the world of soccer at the time. He was definitely the biggest name coming into the league last year. And so we were always getting emails from the league about Gareth Bale. And and, uh, you knew when it was a home game that it went out on ESPN Plus back then. So the league was going to be watching. Right. And I had just gotten back from a family wedding 
and I was on about three hours of sleep, but I had been spending oh, that whole week prepping for the game. Cause I'm no, like the league's going to be watching this game more than any other game. Can you over prep? Um, you know, when you said about being nervous, that's a great question. I, I, I do think you know, my answer is no, by the way, but you have to understand that your prep is great, but that it should never take play should never take the place of the game itself. Right. I think sometimes you prep so much, you feel like you got to squeeze all the information in. And the most important thing is the game that's taking place. You should never lose sight of that. But anyways, um, I was, man, I was super well prepped. I knew it was a big game. I knew, and I knew that this was Gareth Bale could be scoring his first goal. It's going to be a big deal. And so I got to make sure I'm ready for it. I, I, bet, gotta I bet the it. MLS commission will be watching yeah, this one. Even though um, I'm doing the sporting games and I'm working for sporting, right. if, if he scores, I got to go crazy and I got to give it a big call. You can use this in commercials. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Yeah. And so, um, and, and, Long story long, but the, the assistant coach for LAFC was a guy named uh, Mark Dos Santos. He had been in Kansas City with the with the, the SKC2. Yeah. And he had told me back then that the goalkeeper for LAFC now at the time, Maxime Crepeau, was the best goalkeeper in Canada and should be the goalkeeper for the national team in Canada. So when he got there to LAFC as an assistant coach, he convinced them to sign him. So that was the goalkeeper for okay. LAFC. You got that little so anecdote I'm, in your I'm head. I'm telling this great story. I'm like, you know, Mark Dos Santos, assistant coach for LAFC, told me a few years ago that Maxime Crepeau uh, should be the number one goalkeeper for the national team. And then he gets him down to LAFC. Right. And now he's the number one goalkeeper for so the top far, team so in good. the league. Useful info. Blah, blah, blah. About 30 seconds later, Bale gets the ball for LAFC. And he's he's steaming down the yeah. field. And so I, I'm like, okay, this could be Here it. There it is. And, he's, and he takes a shot. And he beats the Sporting Kansas City goalkeeper, John Polskamp, and I say, and he sneaks it past Crapo and in. Oh, what the fuck is this guy looking at? <laughs> and Did I, you know right when you said it? I, I, it's, it they're, they're showing the crowd going crazy and everything, oh, and I immediately God. get on talk back to my producer. I said, dude, I think I just called the goalkeeper by the other team oh, goalkeeper's fuck. name. And, and my producer goes, dude, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't listening that closely because it was a big moment. We're shouting for okay. cameras in the truck, and he's like, He's like, I, I don't really know. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. so I'm like, that makes it worse. I'm like 75% like, yeah. sure. Right. And, and, uh, and, and then like the game's still going on and he, and Brad, my producer could tell I was shook. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I might've just screwed up the biggest goal. But call it's like, kind of like that old adage. Don't let one mistake become yeah. two. You got to fucking let it go. And he got in my headset a few minutes later and said, Hey man, you got to flush that and move right. on. That's right. You can't think about that anymore. Call Same the rest sports, of the game. To you you got to fucking yeah, go. You just got to keep going. And so I did, and then I went back, and as soon as the game was over, I was like, tell me, tell me I didn't say it. He goes, I'm sorry, buddy, I got bad news for you. Oh, shit. You did. And so, uh, and I wondered for a while, I was like, is that going to cost me this whole thing? Like, yeah. am I, you know, am I going to, it's like, I got my, you got your one chance. I think about athletes all the time now when they get that shot, like, oh, this is your one shot to hit a game winner or, you know, score the goal in a World Cup, and, and you don't make it. And you're like, well, I'm going to have to live with that the rest of my life. See, and that, and fuck, that would just, that would drive me crazy because I like the only thing I have to compare, you know, this to is when, uh, when I was ring announcing. Right. And that was something like I, you know, you know, I, I used to box and I love boxing. I'm a fan of MMA, but I don't love it the way I love boxing. Um, but I was lucky enough to get, uh, quite a few gigs around here ring announcing. Right. And so, uh, one time I had a chance to do, uh, Tuesday night fights or as Wednesday, Wednesday night fights on ESPN. And so I, that, that was like a bucket list. I, I ring announced 
on ESPN fights. And, uh, and it was, it was fucking great. And then I started, I did a series of, uh, of MMA cards that was on access TV and some other things. Right. And then I had a really bad experience with one dickhead fucking producer who was some big shot that did a couple of UFC cards and wanted to come in and fucking talk down to everyone and treat everyone like shit. Yeah. You know, and I had a great producer that was awesome to work with. And this guy kind of ruined it for me. But the point I'm making is I said, you know, I think sometimes I would over prepare, mm-hmm. you know, just, I'd, I'd think about things too mm-hmm. much. I'd get in my own head and I had a chance to travel and do some ring announcing, but, and you know, this, I, I deal with a lot of, uh, uh, OCD, but a lot of anxiety. And it got to the point where I was doing every month, I was doing, you know, at least one or two shows. But the week leading up to it, I'd have so much anxiety about it. Yeah. And so much like, oh, I, I'm not very good at this. I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to fuck this name up. But then I'd do it. And I was really good. Like, I was really good at reading uh, reading the, the score. Because I'm very critical of that. You know, when you got a split decision, you know, you know you know, Judge Judge Thomas Brown scores at 49, 40, and I and I was great at that, and I I love the rush of building up the fucking crowd and then announcing the winner or doing. The, but but the week leading up to it, I'd be fucking miserable. Yeah, where I would hate, yeah. and it got to the point where I hated it, and I I didn't want to do it anymore. And finally, Susan or our wives are smarter than us. She goes, if if you hate doing this so much, why do you do it? And I said, because I feel like I'm supposed to, because I'm good yeah. at it. Yeah, you And this is what really I've always talked it. about, but yeah. but I'm not, enjo- I'm not, and it got to the point where I didn't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. And I would be almost yeah. crippled by my anxiety. And then I'd get in there and I kind of fucking hate all the eyeballs on me. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck. And then, I, and then it got to the point where it was just like, ah, I just fucking want to get through this. I just want to get through this. And then it would be over. And then people would, oh, no, you did great. You're great. You know, I could you know, pursue this. And, and I just, I just kind of stopped. And I'm happier and I'm glad, yeah. right? Yeah. But I would let the anxiety, the anxiety fucking killed me for it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's why I asked you about just the anxiety of it or do you ever, uh, yeah. is, is that ever a challenge? Because you are, it is what you're doing, like for soccer fans in the world, it's a big fucking deal. I'm not trying to psych you out or nothing, but, yeah. you know, it, it's, you know, well, that was something I had a hard time dealing with. Yeah, it's, it's been, a, that's been one of the biggest challenges for me this year. I thought I was really good at preparing for games. Um, and then this year, my preparation has just gone leaps and bounds. Um, and a lot of it's by communicating with, I've, I've become friends with some of the other guys that are calling games and the other producers and stuff. And we, we text all the time now. You compare notes, you yeah, pick things and I, from and them. Pick their yeah. brain and I try to give them information and, um, and learn how they prep for things and what their thoughts are on different things like that. Um, but I remember I talked, I was talking to my dad about it. My dad had been a lawyer um, for his, you know, his whole career. Right. And I told him, I said, you know, I always, I always have this feeling right as we're getting close to going on air that I could have done a little more prep, Yeah, you know, that maybe like that. I just didn't, I, I could have done more, you know, and maybe you'll identify this. I would always have this feel. I'm all suited up. I got my suit on. I'm, I'm looking good. I'm ready to ring it out. It's like, Oh, I think I have to shit. <laughs> like, oh, Oh, no. Dude, I always have to go ten, to the bathroom right ten, before ten, you. Yeah. Ten minutes of first bell, I'm like, if I run up there, yeah. then I can, you know, yeah. can I get my suit back on? And, I'm like, and I go to Sue's, I go, Sue. And she, she'd be with me, and I go, Sue, do I have to shit or am I just nervous? Yeah. She's like, just nervous. You've shit four times, and then I'll come good. 
You know, <laughs> so that maybe, but knowing you, maybe that's a possible, you know. Well, you dude, know. I, I always got made fun of on the high school basketball right. team because before every game, I'd spend about 20 minutes in the shitter. Where's the know? ring announcer? He's yeah. taking a shit. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. Postpone the card. But my dad gave me some good advice on it. He said, look, I never had a trial where I walked into it thinking there's not a single ounce more I could have done. There's always more you could have done. You could have gone over your notes one more time. Right. You could have, you know, but, but the, the trial starts, <laughs> you know, you just, you never, you never like stop prepping. You just run out of time and it's time to have the, you know, it, the game starts and you just have to get yourself a checklist where at least, you know, you got this stuff. And then everything that you build up after that is, is, is gravy and better, but you got to be okay with the fact that, look, the game starts, and when the game starts, it's time to go. And you got to be confident in your prep. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, one of the best things about it, like getting to work with Tony Miola this year, I, I'm a definitely have always been a person. I feed – I would like to say that I'm just supremely self-confident, but I'm like you. I, I agonize and question myself all the time. Being around somebody else who gives me just a couple words of, like, positivity, Tony always gives me a fist bump before the show. And just says, hey, let's have a great one. And that just kind of calms me down. And then the first time we go to commercial break, he always takes his headset off, whether it's good or bad. He goes, right. hey, good job, man. Right. Good job. And that just like having a Hall of Famer like Tony Mueller. Isn't it tell funny how much we job. need that? Oh, yeah. You'd think like, oh, you got all this experience. Yeah. Why do you need somebody else to validate oh, you? Oh, fuck. But, I, need, man, I need validation man, all the time. It helps. I'll pay people to fucking tell me I did well. <laughs> Lie to me. Tell yeah, me I'm doing right, a good exactly job right. even if you don't mean it. Okay, so before before we run out of time here, the other aspect I want to ask you about, because this, this is something I could not handle, because I fucking hate to travel. Mm -hmm. I hate to pack. I hate just going to the fucking planes. All the... All of it. I don't like it. I know. You know? <laughs> I know. And like my OCD kicks in. And then yeah. when I'm leaving, I'm thinking I'm leaving something in this fucking hotel room I'm going to miss. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. How do you handle Because you travel a lot. How do yeah. you fucking handle that? And you've got little kids. You've got your wife. You've got, you know, you've got a, a, a busy life that you're leaving behind. But then also you've got a busy work schedule. And then travel is not fucking easy. It's just not. You can yeah. say whatever you want. How do you handle that? Because that would drive me crazy. I couldn't do it. It's Luckily, I love it. I love to travel. I get, uh, I even put that Chris Stapleton song, Traveler, in on my headphones every time I'm walking on a plane, and it just makes me happy. You like to walk in there and strike up a conversation. Yeah, ever, hey, how are you? <laughs> Nate from Kansas City. I what can I, what can the, I tell you? Yeah, I meet people What can I do you for? You right? know, uh, so I, you don't, it, it's not a burden to you. I love going places. It, it is the, the part you said about the family. That sucks. Leaving my family yeah. is hard. Um, I will say this, and I don't know what the right balance is. I love missing my wife. Like there's there's a part where when I if I'm only gone for a day or two, I can't wait to come home and see her. Absence makes the heart yeah, grow fonder. I guess that's the old phrase. And I I do like it's like oh man, I'm so excited to come home and see Kelly. Um, I don't like like there have been a couple times where I'm gone for like a week and a half. I don't like that. That right. starts, I start to like, my happiness goes down because I miss my family um, and my, my, and my kids and everything. This coming up trip, I'm like I said, I'm going to miss my son's birthday. To me, that's not as big of a deal because you can celebrate a birthday whenever right. you want. We're going to miss Halloween. I'm going to miss Halloween. And I know from my older two kids who are now too cool to trick or treat with me, there's only a few years where little Andy's going to want to trick or treat with me and be excited oh, about it. i tell you, trick or treating's over for me. Yeah. I reach yeah. I reach the finish line, so it goes quick. So yeah. missing one, I I like that one hurt me. Like when I saw that, I was like, oh 
damn, I'm going to miss. Because Andy's really into Halloween. And you just year. can't say, you know what? I can't do that game. You've, no. you've, you're sort of a spot where you got to yeah, take these games if you want to get where you want to go. Yeah, and and I've talked to Kevin Harlan about that, and he kind of feels like he's still in that spot after all the years he's done it. Yeah. So that's just kind of the gig. But I do think um, I try really hard. I, I missed your son's deal last night. And the reason was because my daughter had soccer practice, and I said, this is my, our only chance to carve pumpkins together. Right. We're carving pumpkins together before right. I leave town because that's going to make me feel like I was a part of it, Halloween. It's, you know? it's your only chance to see your son uh, carve a pumpkin that, that that features a cat's butthole. Is that <laughs> right? Is, yeah, it's a true story. Well, can yes. you send that picture to Ben so we put that on the uh, yeah, on the podcast? I'll send that to Ben. What yeah, about he, that? Was that, is that okay? Ben's intrigued by that. I so. said, what is that, Ben? He said, well, it's a, it's a cat showing its butt. Right. Like, I mean, why, why wouldn't right you? I was like, well, thanks. Right. He should have won the contest <laughs> if there was well, one. he did win one. But so I, I try uh, to do everything I can to um, make the time count when I'm home. Um, I think my family would all say I'm pretty present when I am home. Um, it makes you appreciate stuff more. A hundred percent. Not take stuff for granted, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and, and in a weird way, I, 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 I appreciate that because I don't, like you said, like I'm not missing my daughter's game if I'm in town. I'm not, we're, we're carving pumpkins tonight. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to miss that. Um, or, or you're maybe, maybe you're tired, but you're not so tired when they want you to do something. Cause you know, yeah. you, you, you're not going to miss out on any opportunities. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that has been really cool. Um, I, I, I try to make the travel count. You know, Allie said that to me one time and I took it as a compliment. She said, you know, you make your travel count more than anybody I know. If I have a trip to New York to like to the New York Red Bulls, I'm going into Manhattan and I'm doing something that makes me feel like I was in New York this weekend. You're going to go visit someplace. I, or, yeah, yeah. I'm going to check out a tour, a, a spot, or I'm going to get some, I always do the food thing. I try to get some local food everywhere I go. Um, and I, I was able to take my daughter and my son each down to Fort Lauderdale once this year. See, that's cool. I took my, I took my daughter. We drove down the keys down to Key West right. and we did a, we watched the dolphins swim in and we did a snorkeling thing. I took my nephew down for a trip. I've tried to take my wife twice on right. trips this year, and we had to cancel both times because our childcare fell through back home. Right. Um, but so that's like I want to. I want to. I try to make sure I maximize it. Like if that's going to be part of my job, let's make it a positive and not a negative. And I do. I love going places. I get like there's, you know how you get like that anxiety. I get this level of excitement. Like right. oh, I'm going somewhere today. I'm going to see someplace new, and uh, I like that. So yeah. I'm lucky about that. Find someone. That loves you the way Nate loves our new fucking airport. And Nate, if Nate could make love to a facility, I feel that uh, this airport would be pregnant with Nate's child because he fucking lead up, right? I you love, love this fucking place. place. I do. I get out there early, hang out. <laughs> hey, everybody. So just walk. Well, this guy must be traveling through where you're from. I'm from Kansas City, but I love this place. I get my hair cut there Why sometimes. Not? I have, you know, I have some delicious meat, meat, meat barbecue. Yeah. I, I get a lot of work done on planes and in airports because there's no one to distract me. There. You I take go, advantage yeah. of it. It's okay. So then to wrap it up. So then the, 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 I'm not saying the end game, but world cup, that's what, that's what we talked about. Right. That's my number one goal. What's the, what's the timetable? Like, does, do they go right? I mean, like when do they make decisions and when it'll, it'll, so the world cup will be here in June of 2026 my guess is they won't name a World Cup roster before March of 2026, so probably just a few months in advance. So, so you still have there's time, yeah, two years to prove yeah. yourself and continue to build your name. Yeah, I think I was very close to this last World Cup roster. 
Um, and I think the thing I was really missing was a body of work at that level, you know, at the national level and doing national team. So games you feel pretty good that. about your chances. Oh, uh, it's okay to say I, that. I, I, I feel strongly that I will be in the running. Yeah. You know, now it's, it's, uh, how much progress can I make between now and, and 2026? Um, the, the, the thing that's crazy about it though, is that there'll be a limited roster. I think they took six play by play announcers to the last world cup. There'll probably be more this time because they're the, 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 the tournament's getting bigger and it'll be here in the United States, but still you're talking what eight to 10 announcers. It's going to be very competitive. Eight lot, to 10, you know, eight, yeah. 10. a lot of people going for it. Um, and it all comes down to, it's very subjective. You know what we do is so subjective. One right. person thinks you're a great play by play announcer and the next person thinks you stink. So hope that the people that are in the position to make decisions think you're are the ones that think you're good. Well, I don't have a vote. I think you're one of the best and you should make it. Thanks, I'm, man. I'm confident. I, I think you will. I appreciate it. You know, I mean, look how far you've come now. Just think, I mean, did you think you'd be where you were, you know, 10 years ago now? Uh, Isn't that kind no. of mind blowing? I'm, I'm, I'm pinching myself every day. I bet you about are. like, you know, yeah. In the broadcast booth. <laughs> like back when I was in freshman in high school. Hey, Nate, know? quit pinching yourself. Yeah. We're getting ready yeah. to call a game. I feel really freaking lucky, man, to be here. And to be doing that, it's all like more than what I dreamed of when I was a kid. I wanted to be a sportscaster and a play-by-play guy since I was 10 years old. And uh, if you had taken that little kid and said, hey, by the way, this is how, how, how it's going to look. Now, look, I don't know how long I'll get to do it. I'm going to try to enjoy it. as I hope to get to do it for as long as possible. But I'm not going to take any of it for granted. I hate to tell you this, but you deserve it. So, Well, thanks. I don't man. want you to. I don't, your head's already so so big. I don't want <laughs> yeah. it to continue to get inflated. Well, but I'm very happy for you because I know how bad you wanted this. I appreciate it, man. And I and I will say this, you know, I don't want to get your head too big either. But um size eight, you can't get it much fucking bigger. I, I talked about how lucky I am to have support of Kelly. I'm incredibly lucky to have support from you and everybody at 810 to get to do this because there's a lot of people that be like, hey man, you're miss you're you're out of town too much. You know, you guys have let me try to balance two things that I love very much, which is tricky. And uh, it means a lot. I, I I probably will never be able to fully repay everybody here for letting me do this. Uh, there's there's a number that okay. you could reach to repay us. <laughs> okay. and I can. I, I can, paid Todd Lebo in to steaks from Greengrass Cattle Company for when all the times he's filled. I'll accept me. payment in meat. Meat. Yeah. Uh, meat. Finally, a special request from Ben Messner. He needs. Uh, he'd like a close up of this fucking fingernail you've been trying to hide from us. What's going on here? Smashed my finger in, a car, in my car door. What the fuck? Like a month ago, and it still looks like. How did you? Had a, How'd you do that? What do you do? I don't even know. Come on, let me hear this story. What are you fucking doing? I don't remember how I did it. I was loading up my my three-year-old. It's really caught Ben's eye. He texts me. He goes, get the story about his fingernail. You can see the bruise kind of working its way out. Like it it used to be down at the base, and now it's like, I I don't know how how or what. But You slammed it in the fucking car? Oh, my God. And I was just like, and and my, my... my three-year-old kept going, Daddy, what happened? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, God damn it, this <laughs> The tip oh, of Daddy's man. finger may be gone. Hold mm. on. Don't slam your finger in a car door. It hurts really bad. Did you go to the doctor? Do you have a little no, good? I, I can still, you know, Kelly being a, a physical therapist, she's like, well, can you move it? And I'm like, yeah, I can still move it. She's like, I think you're fine. Do you believe that story, Ben? Do you think we got the accurate story? And you don't know how you did it. You just I just slammed it. In slammed the, it. I, I don't remember. Obviously, I was trying to do... As I typically am, I was trying to do like three different things at the same time and slam my finger in the car door. Well, good. So now uh, I, th- I feel like we've uh, explained Nate and uh, his journey to where he is right now. Because a lot of people do ask. And so I think that's very interesting. I hope so. And fascinating, you know. Yeah. 
and all the things that you do. I, I like to think of you as this tourist for every city going around and walking around and looking at tall buildings and right. I got all kinds. If you guys need tourist tips about South Florida, I wow. feel like I've I've spent sixty nights in South Florida this year. So where's you? So what, and what's next? Um, Tell people your upcoming schedule. I'm so going to be down in South Florida again next week and the week after. I got the games. Three, you got. I got a playoff game Sunday, Monday, Wednesday this coming week. Starting with Cincinnati versus the New York Red Bulls on Sunday. And where do we watch it? Uh, FS1, Fox Sports 1. And then I'll come back home for a few days, and then I go back down Sunday and Wednesday of the following week. Um, And then I get a conference semifinal, I think. Oh, shit. On November 26th. So, uh, and that'll be the end of the road for me this year. Uh, but you know, like getting you into think the playoffs, you thought those are the end yeah, of the road a couple of times, and all of a sudden, point. you know, but getting to do playoff games. I mean, considering where I was at the beginning of the year, not sure if I'd even be able to do, you know, any right? of them. It's really exciting. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm fired up. So yeah, Sunday night you can watch it right before Sporting plays St. Louis. I'm going to be doing Cincinnati versus Red Bulls, which is the one seed versus the eight seed in the East. So you get to watch yeah. Sporting. So then I'll get to watch a Sporting game. You know, probably back in my hotel room. Can you say something bad about St. Louis right now, or is that? No, no I well? wouldn't, wouldn't dream of it. Great think, city, you great soccer of it? town. Thinking something bad? Uh, great, great fan base, great soccer city. I'll do this again in the immortal words. I, you won't get in trouble for what I say, right? I hope not. I mean, tell me if you will. I don't think so. I was just going to say. I just, in, I just a disclaimer. I, I, uh, I, I take no responsibility right. for what Stephen St. John's about. I, to say. In the immortal words of uh, Logan Roy of Succession, "Hey, St. Louis, fuck off." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Those are the words of Stephen St. John. But when it comes to Brady Cook and Luther Burden the third, I love you, St. Louis. Let's See? fucking beat and Georgia. Pizza. Come on, Ebo's Pizza. Pizza. Ah, pizza guy. Exactly right. That's Nate Bucati. I'm Stephen St. John. This has been Hot Mike with SSJ. Until next week, the microphone is off. <laughs>